You ready? Oh my god, I'm so ready. What? Erotic. Was it? <laughs> a little bit. Oh, sorry. No, don't be sorry. Maybe I'm just, maybe it's just me. <laughs> a woman should be able to speak without being sexualized. <laughs> um, all right. right. Are we ready? Let's do this thing. Let's do it. I'm Liza Poor. I'm Mike Pulasek. Every week, we randomly pick two movies from our DVD collection, watch them, and discuss. When it's all over, we can only keep one. Two Disc Center. One Disc Leaves. This is DVD Deathmatch. Great. Hi. Hey, hey! We're back into the regular rotation regular rotation spooky month is done spooky month is done on to christmas on to christmas but first we should have done it's a wonderful time can we get through today <laughs> listen <laughs> there are so few pleasures in life i'm just christmas might be canceled after today ah, no. oh um, we're, we're recording this Election Day 2020. By the time you hear it, you may might, not know. Yeah, anything. you might know something. You might not. I have no idea what's going to happen. No one does. Yeah, it's uh, also very early on Election Day, where we usually record at night after yeah. after the the childrens have gone to bed. Mm-hmm. But um, they're at the park right now with their babysitter, so we're recording. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> Why is it funny? I'm just like. Oh, someone's going to figure out where they are and take them. I don't know. On Thursday? Yeah. No, don't. <laughs> um, yeah, somebody's going to come back in time. <laughs> Use their time machine to come back and kidnap our children. Oh, man. Boy, will my face be red. We usually record at night, but right now it's early in the day. It is. We and- were, I mean, you know what? We were going to save it for tonight. We were thinking maybe it'll be good to have something Fully to distract us. Yeah. Tonight. So we're not just watching Game right. Lives or whatever. Um, but we have the opportunity to do it now, and uh, I kind of want to drink a lot of wine later. So yeah. I think we'll just, we'll do it now. <laughs> what are you going to drink later? I don't know. I, I might actually drink wine, because our, uh, our friend Kevin brought us a bottle of wine, and uh, we didn't end up drinking it, and he generously left it for us. So maybe I'll drink that. Um, yes, but so. I don't. I don't usually drink wine. I tend to be more of like a bourbon or a gin, sure, girl. But right. um, but wine might be good because I can you know spread it out a little bit more. Yeah, there you, you know? go. There you go. Just a whole bottle of gin might not be the, <laughs> the not, move. Might not be at eight p.m. <laughs> watching returns from Montgomery County or whatever. Oh God. Um, oh. Great. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's like obviously we have to talk about the elephant in the room of the election or the donkey in the room. Oh boy! Um, but uh, but there's. <laughs> I'd like also- to apologize for and the donkey in the room. Thank you, I appreciate that. Uh, apology accepted. Um, but there's not much to talk about, especially at this point. Um, but I, you know, I hope as you're listening to this, maybe we have some sort of semblance. You know what? I hope. I hope it was a fucking landslide. Yeah. And we do know on Thursday. That's what I. Um, that's what I'm putting out into the universe is that it was a deluge of votes for Biden Harris, yeah. and and <laughs> the big orange man is freaking out at the moment. But there's literally nothing that he can do. Yep. So that's what I'm putting out in the universe. I'm secreting the shit out of that. There you go. <laughs> and um, uh, but yeah, yeah. I hope we you don't... are taking care of yourselves today. Uh, as as everyone is feeling pretty anxious, yes. I think. Um, and when you when you listen to this, you'll know things, and it'll be great, and 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 or it'll be bad, and you'll take care of yourselves then too. And we will figure out how to keep fighting. Yep, that's it. Um, what is your favorite political movie? Oh, like or like re- candidate movie or election movie or president movie? Oh no. I think I know what yours is. You do? Yeah. But what? I want but I don't mean to I don't want to put words in your mouth. Well, cuz I literally can't think of any right now. So help me. Dick? Oh, you're totally right. <laughs> it is Dick. Yo, I forgot. <laughs> Yo, Dick is so good. If you haven't seen Dick, it's Michelle Williams and Kirsten Dunst and it's uh and uh I think Will Ferrell's in it and anyway, it's uh it's about the Watergate. 
scandal, but by through the lens of these two kind of dumb teen girls. And it's yeah. incredible. It's so good. I haven't seen it in probably 15 years. We so own I, it, right? Yeah, it'll come up. I it'll come up. Yes. Oh, my God. I forgot about Dick. It's so good. Hey. hey. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Hey, hey, hey. Okay. All right. We can move on. That's the joke in the movie, too. Right, so. exactly. It's not a... It's, it's just... Yeah. <laughs> they know what they, they knew what they were doing when they named the movie Dick. They did. It wasn't like, oh, no. Was like, oh, no. What have we done? <laughs> no. What's your favorite political movie? Great question. Mm. <laughs> I don't know, but the one that comes to mind is Dave with Kevin Klein. Another I, excellent one. Which I really love and is just a very sweet movie with like, it's like very funny and lots of great quotable lines and great performances and like has a real, the way that people talk about old, like Mr. Smith goes to Washington and Frank Capra movies, but were those were the, the I don't connect to those in any way really when I watch them. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel. Actually, feel about Dave, or the way that people talk about the West Wing. I've never seen the West Wing. Yeah, but people love the West Wing because they're like, "Oh, it's like a better America" or whatever. It's like, yeah, yeah. But um, <laughs> but Dave that. actually makes me feel that way. Like I love Dave. It's just a very nice movie, and Kevin Klein is so great. Where is Kevin Klein? What's he doing? I hope he's well. I hope he's well. He too. should be having like the Mandy Patinkin Renaissance right now yeah. that Mandy Patinkin's having. And yeah, his, and his lovely wife. You guys, Mandy Patinkin is on TikTok. It's brills. Yeah. Not to take away Mandy Patinkin's renaissance, but it feels no. like Kevin Klein should also be enjoying some great name, Mandy Patinkin. Pretty solid. Does Independence <laughs> Day count as a political movie? Yeah, I think that counts as a president movie, yeah. Because, like, pretty solid. One of the best speeches in yeah, all definitely. in all of moviedom. Yeah, definitely. Is fucking, what's his name? Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman. Yeah, Thank you. exactly. <laughs> I was like, can't think of his name. Um, uh, Bill Pullman. We celebrate... Our Independence Day. Yeah, it's great. Brilliant. Trump um, used it in like a tweet or something, and it made me no, mad. No, kind of you for a can't while. have that. That's not for you. Oh man. All right. Let's Should we get begin. to these movies. <laughs> Let's get to these movies. Let's get to them. We're here to provide you with. A distraction sure. <laughs> from the world. Yeah. So let's do it with the squid and the whale and. The Hudsucker Proxy. Hey. Um, great. So. Let's start with Squid and Whale. Number 1121. Squid and the Whale is number 1121 now because I, as I, as I told you before, I bought some movies. I'm shaking, I'm shaking my head. Um, so it's number 1121. <laughs> it was 1118 when we picked it. Mm-hmm. So it's moving up in the world. Hey. Um, it's, uh, oh, I didn't put the director or the year in the document. It's, it's from 2005 and directed by Noah Baumbach. Um, IMDb summary is that it follows two young boys dealing with their parents' divorce in Brooklyn in the 1980s. Sure. It definitely I love does. Those, I love those straight to the point summaries. Yeah, it works. Sure. It's a sentence fragment, but it works. Follows two, yeah, because it, it says follows two young boys. What follows? No subject. It follows? It follows. That's a good movie. That'll come up. Anyway, <laughs> um, uh, let's start with what happens when you pop in the disc. Pop in that old disc. We call this segment the pop in. I hate it. <laughs> I, I hate it. We do not call this segment that. All right. Well, we'll see, won't we? <laughs> um, we get a couple of R-rated trailers. Yeah, red band for uh, some really weird movies that I have not seen. There's a movie with Dylan McDermott and Snoop Dogg called The Tenants. The Tenants. Never heard of it. You'd never heard of it. I'm watching this trailer and I'm like, what is this movie with an extremely lucid Snoop Dogg in it? Yeah. Who like looks like he's doing a really good job. Like it's only the trailer, but like. Yeah, he was going for it. He. I was like, what is this? The trailer was poorly put together as a trailer. but yes. The movie looked interesting. Yes. And then a movie called London with Chris Evans and Jason Statham with hair and... Which I have seen parts of because Chris Evans. Sure. So there was just some weird trailers on it. Weird Red Band indie trailers. Yeah. From 2005 or whatever. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, and then the movie begins. (laughs) You know how these things work. You've watched movies before. 
you know, there's like pictures that come to life a little bit. You yeah, know, a yeah. train comes the into tra- a station. The tra- but the train is not going to come out of the screen. Exactly. <laughs> um, okay, so this, I had seen this movie before. You uh, you definitely had seen this movie before. We started it, and I, I think I said something along the lines of like, I don't remember if I liked this movie or not. And you were like, I'm pretty sure you liked it. So that was funny, because... That's a funny thing. Here's a funny thing. Um, it was just funny to me because usually at the very least, I remember, oh, I liked that. And here's some things that I liked from mm-hmm. it. So I wonder, when did I, do you have any concept of how old I would have been when I watched this? Uh, you would have been uh, like 23. 23. Okay. So pre-marriage. Yeah. So still maybe a little bit trying to like oh, okay. impress you. <laughs> Which is maybe why I don't remember, I didn't remember anything about the movie or or whether or not I actually liked it or not. Yeah. (laughs) Because I was maybe just like, yeah, that was really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so not a fan. (laughs) No, that's not what I'm saying at all. Oh, okay. That's That's what what I'm getting. No, no, no. No, literally I'm just saying that like, it's funny to me that I have no recollection of, of what I felt about this movie before. Because I so clearly was just trying to be like, okay, he likes this movie, which means it's a cool movie, and I like him, so I'm going to say that I like it because... (laughs) Oh, I hate it. I feel Um, like garbage. Well, it's not your fault. I know. It's society, man. The patriarchy, man. man. You subsumed your own taste for your (laughs) stupid boyfriend. But um, it worked out for me. Sure. <laughs> Here we are. Great. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, okay. So, okay, no, you go. No, no, you go. I just talked for a long time. Um, so it's it's Jesse. I'm. So it's Jesse Eisenberg as the teenage son. Mm-hmm. It's um, who plays Frank? I wrote down the name somewhere. Owen something. Owen. Damn it. Clicking, clicking. Because he didn't do anything else after this. Right. But it says he's a producer. Or director. Owen Klein. Oh. Is he related to Kevin Klein? <gasps> Is he? Hold on, hold on. <gasps> yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> um Okay, so it's Jesse Eisenberg as the teenage son. Mm-hmm. Owen Klein mm-hmm. as the younger son, uh-huh. who I just looked up. Is Kevin Klein's son? Whoa! So what's Kevin Klein doing? He's being Owen Klein's dad, is what he's doing. <laughs> and yeah, Phoebe well, Cates is his mom. Because um, oh, I, I looked because I looked him up because I thought he was incredible, and he's I mean they're all really so good. Oh, good! It's a stellar, stellar cast. Um, but uh, he, this kid, is so good in this he's film. Really good. Uh, and so I looked him up, and he—that was all he did. That was the last thing he did. And mm-hmm. it says he's a director, so maybe he's like directing and producing stuff. But yeah. like. I was flabbergasted yeah. that he didn't do anything else. Incredible. Because he was really, really good. And the parents are Jeff Daniels and Laura Linney. Laura fucking Linney. Laura fucking Linney, y'all. I <laughs> love her so much. Hey, me too, man. Like, so much. Yeah. She's so good. She's so good in this movie. She's she's so... I have not seen her in anything where I was like, uh, eh, she kind of phoned it in. Like, even fucking Love Actually... She's like killer. You I'm cursing so much this episode. I'm so sorry, you guys. She is yeah, so good in love, actually. You know what movie she's great in? Hmm. Dave, starring Kevin <laughs> Klein. Um, but, we saw uh, her in Dangerous Liaisons on Broadway. We did. She was incredible. We did. Anyway, sorry. She's great. Little Larlinny tangent. For no, you. she's great. She's great. <laughs> this segment is called uh, The Linny Down. The Linny. <laughs> Jeff Daniels is great. Jeff Daniels is great. This is like, uh, so, so okay, they're the parents. They live in like a, a brownstone in Park Slope in the 80s. He's like a literary uh, professor and then an author like mm-hmm. kind of a, who's like not having a lot of success. The wife is, the wife, Laura Linney's character, uh, you know, the, the lady in the house, whatever. Uh, <laughs> the wife is starting to have some success that is making him jealous, clearly. They're having a lot, a lot of uh, animosity towards each other. And they get divorced, and the kids deal with it in different ways. It's basically a handbook on how not to act with your children when you get a divorce. Sure. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Um, Fun fact. Also in this movie, Anna Paquin. Anna Paquin, Jeff Daniels, Fly Away Home. (gasps) (laughs) 
right? <laughs> that did not occur to me. Oh my god. <laughs> so like a few years so Anna Paquin plays one of Jeff Daniels' characters' students. Right. Who like ends up living with him and is clearly like coming on to him real hard and then like they sort of have a relationship but not messy. really and whatever. They hook up, whatever. But so, but like a few years prior, she played his daughter in Fly Away Home. Fully <laughs> did not occur to me watching this movie that we had just watched a movie where they were father and daughter when she was a child. My last note just says, Fly Away Home. Oh my God. I mean, the, I'm, fl- I, I know like people were probably listening and like, yeah, Mike, people are in different movies. Like, they're not, like, she, she's, not, she's not the geese girl anymore. <laughs> she's not the geese girl. She was never the geese girl. Um, but that, I don't know that why that really that really strikes me. Um, anyway, so uh, so the, 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 that's the story. It's a very simple kind of story that's like, mm-hmm. like all of Noah Baumbach's movies, like small moments well observed, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, uh, I, the, the, the thing watching it this time, my reaction mm-hmm. was just full body cringe. The whole movie. The entire movie. It reminded me of seeing eighth grade. Yeah. Where like my body felt like I was watching a horror movie. Yes. But you're not, you're watching a, like a drama mm-hmm. that is just so. Yeah. Because. Because. <laughs> Jeff Daniels is is like I mean no one in the movie is a monster they're all like complicated human beings. Mm-hmm. Jeff Daniels is kind of a monster. Though. I was like, that's funny that you say that. I have opinions on that one. Well, I mean, he's okay. Say, so, go for it. No, I just I just literally think Jeff Daniels' character is the worst human and completely irredeemable. <laughs> like completely. Like I wanted it because because all of the other characters in the movie, you're right, are these kind of real life complicated. Um, people who, so you've got uh, Jesse Eisenberg playing the older son who basically clearly really looks up to his father. So when the divorce happens, he takes his father's side. Mm-hmm. And there, there are several instances where he is just regurgitating things that his father has taught him. And he's cruel he, to yes, his mother. He's cruel to his mother. He's cruel to his girlfriend. He is awful. Mm-hmm. And then there's this moment where he's in uh, therapy and he, uh, the therapist asks him to recall like a happy moment and the memory is completely about his mother and he has this kind of like turnaround Mm -hmm. and he's still on his dad's side, Mm -hmm. but there's a, it's that, it's that thing that happens to all kids where you realize that moment that you realize that your parents are not perfect. Right. Um, and it's really beautiful. And you know, I, I, I have faith that he will go forth into the world and learn new things. Yeah. His father has already reached that point and just mm-hmm. continues to be awful and awful and awful. And there's no indication of like the, the only thing that the that the movie kind of points to to like give him a reason for being such a fucking dick is that his wife cheated on him. Which is not right. a reason to be an awful person. Right. Period. Definitely not. I don't um, think that justifies any of his. No, but I yeah. but it feels like the movie was trying to say, oh, but Here's here's his thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, to me, to me, it feels that it all just feels like a fucking mess. Yeah, like it doesn't feel like the movie's saying like so he's got his own. You know what I mean? Like, I, I guess it. I guess it does feel like it's giving him at least some reason to be mad at her. But is what you're saying? Is what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, like I think it's trying to do yeah, that, yeah, and yeah. I think it fails. Yeah, but the thing I the thing I like about all that is just that it feels like a fucking mess. Mm-hmm. Like the whole thing. Yeah. It just feels like no one is clean. I mm-hmm. agree with you that he's like the most monstrous person in the movie for mm-hmm. sure. Um, but yeah, that's how, that's like a weird, it's a very strange. Like he gets, he literally in the movie gets so hung up and angry about his patriarchal bullshit. Yeah. Like that's all that it is. He's mad that his wife cheated on him he's mad Mm -hmm. that his wife has moved on to the tennis instructor yeah he's like mad that like his kids that his one kid is like no you're not the one yeah Uh, he gets so wrapped up in his patriarchal bullshit that he has a heart attack yeah yeah yeah. in the middle of the street yeah like get out of here man yeah 
Totally. Oh, I like, and I mean, like, credit where credit's due, Jeff Daniels does such a good job with the character. And just like, in this way where, where, like I said, I find him completely irredeemable, but I still am compelled to watch him. Yeah. And Jeff Daniels, Jeff Daniels makes him in the writing, but Jeff Daniels mostly makes him a human being. Yes. Like, it's recognizable. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying... That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that he's like a, that he's that he's got that this is a person that I think is like has any goodness in them even. even. <laughs> but I'm just saying like, oh yeah, that's a human that I've seen before. Yeah. I've, and I think um, for me, mm-hmm. it was probably I don't remember. It was probably very important for me to see pretentiousness put up on screen in such a lucid and like uh, stark way of like. The movie, like, because the, I mean, I think the movie's complicated and interesting, but I also Mm -hmm. think it's, I also think you can say pretty assuredly that it's saying, hey, don't be like this. It fucking sucks. Yeah. (laughs) It's bad. This is a bad dude. Yeah. This is like, in the same way that, like, Star Wars showing you Darth Vader is not saying, like, Darth Vader's cool. (laughs) I mean, I guess it is. That's a bad example. Darth Vader is pretty "Mm." cool. You know what? Never mind about that. Um,. And then there's a whole trilogy about how Darth Vader's a good dude. Yeah. Fuck it. But I do think that, I just think that it was probably very important for me to see, like, at the time, to be like, oh, yeah, just because you know a certain thing or you studied, you know, there's a whole thing about interesting films. You take some to see Blue Velvet instead of Short Circuit and things like that. You yeah. Know I mean? um, when they're teenagers and they want to go see Short Circuit, you know, like, there's a, there's... Something probably very clarifying and like instructive for me at the time yeah. to see, which is like a weird thing to say about a movie, but it like feels like a PSA about like don't be a dick. Yeah, <laughs> well, especially two thousand five. That's you graduating from college mm-hmm. and like going out into the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. Yeah, um, um, and in that way, I think the movie watching it now. I'm sorry to. No, no, you're good. Watching it now, it definitely, especially also being parents, mm-hmm. it definitely it feels different than watching it. Yeah, fifteen years ago. Um, the thing, the thing, yes, yes, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. You didn't. And I'm about to take a, a left turn. I love it. Let's so go. So I apologize. We're on that this crazy was a, ride together. An excellent point. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It, no, this- no, it is. It's an excellent point. It is a different, it is a different experience watching it as a parent. And cause like I said, I, I, the first time I watched it, I definitely was not thinking like, oh, this is a really good instruction manual for how to not to get divorced. Yeah. You know what I mean? But right. like, that was one of the first things I thought. Right. Um, so excellent point. Left turn. We're on this ride together. Let's, let's go, baby. Let's go, baby. Um, the writing. Okay, so the writing is like really specific, and uh-huh. and and you. I feel like you can feel the writing the whole movie. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then there are these brief moments of of really, really like beautiful, and and it feels so. It feels like, um. Because he wrote it and directed it. Yeah, right. So and I think it's based on his life. Like, yeah, I think it's based on his childhood. Clearly. Yeah, um, so you can feel that the whole time, that there's a lot of, like, very specific, um, no, you have to say it like this, happening. Okay. Um, I think. Because they're all so similar, right? In the way that they speak, in the way that they're delivering these lines, in the way that they're kind of acting. And then there are these beautiful pockets where I don't know if it was the actors kind of taking it and doing their own thing. If it was the director going, no, this is, this is for them to do. And mm-hmm. like taking his foot off the gas for a second. Right. But there are these beautiful pockets of moments where it's just like, Oh, this scene is gorgeous. The scene where the parents are talking to each other, at, like in the doorway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think before he has the heart attack. Yeah. 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 Is like beautiful and felt almost felt like it could be from a different movie. Mm hmm. Just the way that they were talking and interacting. It's Laura Linney and Jeff Daniels. Yeah. And it's like, oh, mwah. I can't believe I didn't have to like study that scene in school. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. how good it is, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Like, so it was really interesting to, to afterwards go like, wait a minute. What else did this guy do? And make the connection, especially to Marriage Story, because it's the most recent thing right. of his. Well, it's I've about seen. a divorce also. Right. It's about his divorce as opposed to... His parents' his divorce. His parents' divorce. Honestly, like, every movie is clearly just, like, 
I mean, not every movie. He's done a lot of he done a lot of things, but mm-hmm. like a lot of his movies are just clearly like, here's me on screen. Yeah. In, you know, the clearest way possible. Yeah. Which yeah. is like works sometimes. Anyway, cut. Well, it works for him yeah. for sure. Um, but yeah, so it was really interested as to go, oh yeah, this is the same thing. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. But for some reason I didn't make the connection before because it is a specific style. Yeah. So yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. that was just it. That's all. Oh, I Great. wrote down, thank God we don't have boys. Probably <laughs> after the scene where the little boy was spreading his semen around his school. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? Yeah. He was great. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, yeah, I mean, everyone in the movie is so deeply unlikable. Jesse Eisenberg is so... I would have, I think, he centralized... You know, you, you feel like this is a movie about Jesse Eisenberg's character mm-hmm. when you're watching it probably as a young 20-something guy mm-hmm. and now watching it i just like think it's so much more about like i'm so much more interested in laura linney and i'm so much more interested in the kid yeah even though both jesse eisenberg and and uh jeff daniels do such a great job and they're but they're such a toxic kind of force the yeah. two of them together mm-hmm. and it's really um interesting to see i don't know it's really uh i i also just love i do lo- i mean i i didn't love the movie as much as i thought I remembered loving it Mm -hmm. mostly because it's so unpleasant to watch kind of, (laughs) Um, which is a testament to how well done it is at times. But, Mm um, I wrote, you know, I wrote down that it's 81 minutes, which I love. You do love. Love that. Yeah. But it feels like a fucking eternity. It does. Because. Because it's so cringy. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I did think it was a, a really well done portrait of like deeply unlikable people, mm-hmm. which I think is not my favorite thing to kick back and enjoy anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Unless like, which I, you know, sometimes I don't know, maybe that's not fully true, but yeah. So, so, <laughs> um, but you know, there's like, there's, there's the parents are very selfish in their way. Even Laura Lenny is pretty selfish. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, like Jeff Daniels is a fucking monster. The kids, are, Jesse Eisenberg is like, uh, this is post Roger Dodger, pre Zombieland, Adventureland, Social Network. Yeah, and it's like so he's he he's really really effective at being this like toxic shithead kid that yeah. you want to punch. Yeah. Um, remember when he was in the audience when we saw Sweeney Todd? I do remember that. Anyway, it was great. A little tidbit for you. <laughs> he like really tried to sneak in and yeah. he went to the back and didn't talk to anybody, yeah. which is fine. It was fine. I hope he enjoyed Sweeney Todd. It was really good. Hey, Jesse, if you're listening. <laughs> um, great. But yeah, that brownstone though. That bro- Oh my God. I literally was like, do I want to move to Brooklyn? <laughs> um, oh, I, <laughs> I wrote... Jesus, this typewriter is so loud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a part where Laura Linney is like typing on a typewriter at night and it's like, ka-chung, 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 <laughs> <Yeah>. ka-chung. <laughs> um, oh, the music in it, I mm-hmm. thought was kind of interesting mm-hmm. um, because I wrote down the, the, the it's, oh, it feels pretty 80s, which is nice, but it's not specific 80s music. It's, right. It's instrumental stuff. Um, and there's this really, I thought, interesting thing that happens. So the, 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 there's a scene, I don't, I, again, spoilers for the movie. If you're listening to this, (laughs) hopefully you've seen it, but the younger, so basically both of the sons kind of react to the, the divorce in different ways and like have, you know, uh, that affects kids and it messes with them and they do crazy shit. the younger, the younger brother, who's like maybe 10 or 11, he's, he's at school. He has this like picture of what looks like just legs it's like a ripped up picture oh, yeah. um and he like essentially masturbates in the library and then scoops out his semen and spreads it on the books and right. then there's another thing where he like puts it on a girl's locker and he gets caught and that's how he gets in trouble or whatever um and in that scene where he's doing that the music feels almost it ramps up in a way that almost creates like a fear reaction mm-hmm. or it did for me anyway mm-hmm. which i thought was really interesting. Yeah. Both because like 
And the kid looks pretty relaxed. <laughs> um, but like, it's not like it's not like a scene where he's like looking around, like, oh my god, am I gonna get caught? Yeah, like the way, yeah, way. the way that he he plays the scene, it's something that he's been doing forever, and he knows he's not gonna get caught, and he's completely comfortable. So that's not what it is. But the music does a really good job, I think, of of creating this like tension and and fear and i just thought that was really interesting yeah because it's like not it's not it's not like oh he's gonna get caught it's like there's but he is doing something malevolent in its way you know yeah gross yeah yeah so i saw that was really and and that's (laughs) the how the music felt kind of throughout like where it was very subtly doing this thing but also i noticed it so it was there it's not like it was like an undercurrent but it was just, in, I thought the music was really well done, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> you said it. You did a great job. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think in the end, I really do like the the style, though, that I think, I mean, I'd seen his earlier movie, but, like, this was the first, his first major big movie, and I do really like that style of, like, these kind of, a lot of, like, handheld Mm. short scenes that kind of seem to cut out in the middle of sentences sometimes and mm-hmm. stuff. It's very, um, like not to, not to be fucking Jeff Daniels in this fucking movie, but it's very like <laughs> French new wave. And, yeah. <clears throat> wow. Um, <laughs> sorry, I had to counteract. The, yeah. Um, I, and I remember that, that, sorry, speaking of that, that conversation he has with his son about, what a philistine is and who classifies as a philistine and who doesn't and whether or not essentially Jeff Daniels thinks that people who aren't into interesting films and books don't have value. Yeah. That is his entire like ethos. Yeah. And I think that I really do think that it was pretty formative. Um, and I, not that I, I, you know, I'm not, I don't think I was a monster or anything, but I do think it was pretty formative to see that depicted, like as a very shitty way to live your life mm. and a very like not great way to be. Yeah. Um, uh, and important for like young men to see <laughs> young men, especially, <laughs> but you know, all people, um, when they are in their twenties and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. don't, don't grow up to be this very cautionary tale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'll be a sad old professor trying to get your student to blow you and it'll be really bad. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, uh, in the end, like you said, I I like this movie. I, um, it's difficult to watch. It's like, like I loved Marriage Story. I thought it was really good. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people were pretty divided on that whether yeah. or not they liked it. And I was like, I love y'all that. are wrong. This is incredible. Yeah. This is incredible. I also love a good fight scene, and that <laughs> that is nothing but fight scenes. Yeah. So it's just like, oh, but um, but uh. It's hard to watch. I don't know. Like with Marriage Story, it's like I'd have to be in a specific mood to right. want to. Who wants to revisit? Revisit that. Yeah. So it's. I like this movie. I. I. Will have to would have to be in a specific mood to watch right. it again. Right. And I also just feel like like there's a lot of notes that I have that are like, is this actually sexist? I wrote down there's a line that Jeff Daniels' character says, like, where he talks about how he said the Knicks were playing, like, thugs, which feels like a feels like a racial thing. Yeah. Um, and it's, like, it's, it's, like, in a bad context, but, like, I, and, and I, I wrote this out, it's, like, there's, there's writing complicated characters, but you still have to take responsibility for them, so, like, yeah, it, it, this 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 dances because I think you can feel that it's his story, that it's Noah's story, that it's a, it's a it's a quotey fingers real life mm-hmm. story, and because that's how it's filmed and shot and edited and all that good stuff, it's it's hard to reconcile mm-hmm. um, the kind of implications of all of the awfulness. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Okay, yeah. So so then I'm spending the whole time kind of going like, wait, is this terrible? <laughs> is the movie itself terrible? Or no, no, like the characters terrible. Is the movie itself okay, terrible? Got it, got it, got it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Got it. I, I, I don't. I, I, I'm a straight white cis guy, so I don't mm-hmm. feel qualified to say whether some stuff is terrible sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I, I think 
the movie is very centralized on male characters and their feelings. Mm-hmm. And so I do think that there's something there. I think there's, it's very clearly saying with some of their behavior that it's pretty sexist and that it's mm-hmm. like depicting sexist behavior or as opposed to with the thug thing. I thought that was like Jeff Daniel. And I can't remember exactly who it was, but there was someone he didn't want to speak to anymore because they had said the next thing, the, the, the Nick's being thugs. And he was like, Oh, I found that disgusting that they said that. Oh, I thought it was the opposite. I thought he had said it. Oh, maybe, maybe I misheard it. I don't like, know. Cause wasn't it during the like Philistine com- uh, conversation? And it was like, oh, it was like your uncle. Was that it? Yeah, it was. I thought. I thought maybe I'm wrong, but I thought it was just Daniel's character had said that, and he kind of tossed it off, and then was like, "Well, we don't talk to them anymore," because he was he was like, "Because it's a sports team, and sports right. to to his character, sports are not a, an art form, so they're not a thing." Wait, but he loves the Knicks. Jeff Daniels, doesn't he? He's like he's he says, "Is she a Knicks fan?" Like about the. Oh God, I don't know. I think did I black out for most of this movie? No, I don't. Think, <laughs> I don't think you blacked out. I think it's okay if you missed it. I could also be fully, fully incorrect here. Mm-hmm. Like, I so I don't. Guys, wanna... guys, there's no way to tell. <laughs> All right? right. So I don't want to like. I don't. But my understanding of it was mm-hmm. that Jeff Daniels loves the Knicks. Okay. Is he's that's one of his things. He's a huge Knicks fan. Someone who I can't remember, the uncle or something, had said the Knicks were playing like thugs, and he was saying that's a disgusting racist thing to say. So uh, we don't talk to them anymore. Okay. I could fully have misunderstood because they talk so fast. They do. They talk really fast. I also, I mean, I also could just be interpreting that because he has the whole thing about, like he specifically says that sports are not part of his kind of utopian artist Mm-hmm. appreciating art world. Like he yeah. says that over and over again because the younger son plays tennis and right. wants to be a tennis player. And he keeps telling his younger son, that's not a valid career choice because it's not, because you're not a Philistine. Right. 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 So it's like, but, but I could be just making that up and not have heard it or no, no, been listening no, no. Yeah, very carefully. We can, we can. Anyway. <laughs> it's compl- um, the whole thing is that it's complicated. Like, yes. He, and that's what I think is interesting about Jeff Daniels character. He's a monster. He's all, I think it's like, yeah, he's a, he's into really, he's like really pretentious about books and stuff. He's also like, they know a lot about tennis and they are really into tennis. Yeah. Like the tennis pros and everything like that. They're like, so I think he's, I think it's, I don't know. I, we can move on. Jesus Christ. Is it available streaming? It is. It's on Netflix and Prime. Oh wow. So you can check it out to your heart's delight. 81 minutes. Fully available. Cringe the full way. Cringe Cringe the full way. Cringe. (laughs) 81 minutes. Go for it. Cringe the full way. (laughs) Now I'm cringing about cringe the full way. (laughs) All right. Shall we move on? Movie number two, which is apparently number 584 now, The Hudsucker Proxy. Um, This is a Coen Brothers movie. It's directed by Joel Coen. They you if you know the Coen Brothers you know they have a whole thing where you you get it. Um, <laughs> it's from 1994. The IMDb summary is a naive business graduate is installed as president of a manufacturing company as part of a stock scam. That's it. That's it. Nailed it. Nailed it. Crushed it. Killed it. Maybe the well best done. IMDb summary we've heard so far. I don't, <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> um, very bare bones disc, so not much to it. Yeah, like literally nothing. Yeah. Like um, scene selection. Right, scene selection. <laughs> um, and you had never seen this movie before. I had never seen it. And I had seen it. So you had never seen this movie. <laughs> you had never seen this movie before. I had not seen it in a long time. Watching it again... I was like, oh, I've definitely seen the Hudsucker Proxy. Um, watching it again, I forgot like how much I had seen it. Like there were certain sequences where I was like, oh, this is like burned in my brain oh. in a way that I did not remember or realize. We own it because I realized like a couple years ago that I ha- we had oh, I like ninety percent of the Coen Brothers movies on <laughs> yeah. DVD. And I was like, well, now I, my completest brain is kicking in. So I think, like, one time at the used DVD store, 
got that in the Lady Killers, probably spent a total of $7. The Lady Killers, which you don't even like. I know, exactly. <laughs> I understand. It's not... Uh, I don't think I watched the Lady Killers. I don't think I watched this after I bought it to complete the collection. Mm. This is embarrassing to talk about. <laughs> this is, like, humiliating. Hey, everyone's got their thing. Yeah. <laughs> We're doing a whole podcast about my thing. We are. About how much it sucks. All right. <laughs> Um, but so going in, I was like, okay, this is like lesser Coen brothers. Uh, You know, I remember enjoying it, whatever. Um, I really enjoyed it. I really liked watching it again. It like really, I think, I mean, I have my issues with it. It's not one of my favorite Coen brothers movies, but I, Mm -hmm. I did have a really good time watching it. And it's, um, uh, I mean, very interested to hear what you have to say. (laughs) Um, so, here my here's my thing with Coen Brothers films. They are the definition of of hit or miss for me. Not even and the entire film, but there are in in almost every single one there are points where I am like on board and I'm so in it and I love it so much, and then there are points where I'm like rolling my eyes and so over it and like. Okay, can we mm-hmm. move on? Yeah. Um, which is a very weird thing for me. Because it's not like... Th- there's something that I like in almost every Coen Brother movie that mm-hmm. I've seen. Mm-hmm. There's also something that I'm just like, not for me. It's not, <laughs> it's not for me. Um, so they're always really interesting to watch and kind of exhausting to watch. <laughs> um, <laughs> this for one that is, reason... This one is definitely exhausting Exhausting. And I think with this one, what was interesting. Okay, so so right off the bat, I think the thing that I love about all Coen Brothers movies is that they feel like musicals. Yeah. They feel like musicals because just the way that they're crafted, the way the the absurdity of them mm-hmm. is like it feels like a musical. Like yeah. they're going to burst into song any moment. They don't most of the time, right. but <laughs> it feels that way. And yeah. obviously I eat that shit up. And sometimes so, they do. I mean, right. Hail Caesar and Big Lebowski has a big you know, musical sequence and stuff. That's mm-hmm. like, sorry. No, it's okay. That's yeah. it. I'm just agreeing with you. Yeah. 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 Like most, <laughs> most of the time they don't, they don't burst into song, but sometimes they do. And it's wonderful when they do. Um, uh, the thing, and the, another thing I love about Coen brothers movies is that in general, they cast people who, um, it's not that they're not comedians, but they're not necessarily the first person you think of. Channing Tatum is an excellent example. Um, and in this one, you've got Paul Newman, who is <laughs> like so this great. like man's man. Like yeah. he's a fucking cowboy in my yeah. brain. You know what I mean? Like he's just like, a, I, I know you, you get it. And he's so funny in mm-hmm. this and it's so great. Um, and Tim Robbins is, is funny. Like I think, I don't know that he necessarily falls in, under that category for me, but uh Jennifer Jason Lee yeah. absolutely falls in that category for me where I'm just like, and and I, I'm not even convinced that she does a good job in this film, which sounds really harsh, but like, but what, what I, what I mean is she goes 150% for yeah, it for sure. and, and I think it works because she just like balls to the wall, mm-hmm. does it and not necessarily because she's a comedian. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Um, like, I don't know that her trying to do comedy in any other context would work for her, mm-hmm. but it works for her in this film because mm-hmm. it's the Coen brothers. Yeah. Um, and I mean, Oh <laughs> yeah. T- Tim Robbins is like, just so great. He is great in this. And he's so tall. He's so tall. <laughs> he's so, so tall. So he gets off. It's like a very, the movie's hyper stylized. Mm-hmm. It's kind of doing a slapstick. I mean, not kind of. It's doing like slapstick 1930s comedy kind of like. Um, it takes place in 59. Right? Yeah. 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 58, 59. Something. It's like, okay. it's like literally 50s, New Year's yeah. Eve. In, so it's like, yeah, <laughs> I can't remember which one, it, which one it is, but, um, but yeah. So, and it's doing the very like Preston Sturges-y, Catherine Hepburn, Spencer Trait, like just kind of rapid fire dialogue. Like, and, um, and the, uh, Tim Robbins gets off the bus from Indiana, goes to find a job, gets 
a job in the mailroom of this of Hudsucker Industries. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, there's this like producer style scam going on where they want to tank their stock after the CEO commits suicide. Mm-hmm. So they want to tank their stock, Paul Newman and the rest of the boardroom, so that they can buy it all back um, and then own the company or so, like there's some you know stock manipulation or whatever. Yeah. So they install him as the CEO of the company. And he, so he goes from the mailroom to, or president of the company. They, he goes from the mailroom to president and it's all about like him, uh, you know, foiling their plans by having a great success and yeah. all this stuff. And it's like a very crazy, wild, off the wall, hyper stylized comedy. Yeah. Um, that I completely agree is totally hit and miss yeah. like like the definition of hit and miss yeah and yeah a lot of the stuff that misses for me is is just <laughs> unfortunately this is gonna make me sound real dumb and stupid but um it's just all the like business talk and like stock <laughs> talk i'm just like i do not care okay <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it's not um I, the movie is so rapid fire and so it's like a, it, the movie it reminded me the most of watching at this time was Down With Love because it's doing mm. a thing. It's doing a style of movie. Although I would say this is like half kind of, um, not parody, but half like, like, sorry. I would say this is like half imitation of a style and then half just like the Coen brothers. Yeah. Like they're, they're in there fully in a way that in Down With Love you're not getting like, Oh, Peyton Reed really put a stamp on this one. <laughs> yeah. Um, even though he did in a you know a sub- more subtle way. Anyway, <laughs> um, it's never boring, mm-hmm. I would say. And I yeah. really like fascinating to watch. No, sorry. It's never boring. And I think I'm all, even when I'm not really watching the scene as much, um, I'm definitely like focused on the costumes and the fonts and the set design and all that stuff, which is so meticulous. The whole thing feels so meticulous, meticulous yeah. and like crafted within an inch of its life, mm-hmm. which when you do something like that, it has to, I mean, some of the scenes are going to be work really well and some of them are not, you know what I mean? Yeah. The scene where this, okay. So there's some great sequences, I think. Mm-hmm. And the scene where, um, Tim Robbins goes into Paul Newman's office and there's this huge crazy slapstick thing of him accidentally burning uh, the, con- the contract and then trying to get the water bottle to get it. And it's like this crazy <laughs> sequence that's so funny. Yeah. And the other sequence that I really love is the... So Tim Robbins shows up. He has a circle written on a piece of paper and keeps showing it to everyone going like, this is my big idea. This is any the line he has is you know for kids. He like shows them the circle and goes you know for kids, and um, you don't realize what the fuck he's talking about till halfway through the movie when he's the president of the company and he invents the hula hoop. Yeah. That's like the big twist <laughs> is that he invents a hula hoop and it's a huge hit. But the sequence that goes from him inventing the hula hoop to the hula hoop becoming a hit, where it like it tanks, no one wants it. This toy store is going under. Then this hula hoop like. Um, gets thrown out and travels across town to a kid who finds it and is like a master of hula hooping and all the kids see him and then they want hula hoops and all of a sudden the hula hoop is the toast of the nation. Yeah, and it's that is that song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, that makes me think of uh, Big Top Pee Wee. Yeah, anyway, exactly. Sorry. Um, and that sequence is so well done and really, uh, loved watching it. That's all. But I think that there's so many great sequences that are, that are kind of put together in that way. Um, and then there's some scenes that kind of, uh, are less exciting to watch. I think like, especially in the second half of the movie where you're like, mm-hmm. okay, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's, they're talking really fast. Like you said, it's, it's so, well, it's so specifically crafted. I definitely, a lot of those scenes, especially with Jennifer Jason Lee, um, because her entire character is just like fast talking reporter, like, yeah. and, and like I said, she's going hard. Um, and just watching those scenes and being, for me, being taken out of them for a second, going like, oh my God, how many times did they have to do this? Mm-hmm. Like, 
this would be exhausting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, it, you know, like, it pays off because it's all well done. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's all perfectly crafted within an inch of its life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. They're... Although, interesting to compare it to the other film because they're bo- both of these films are very specific to mm-hmm. the people who wrote and directed them. So yeah. that's an interesting point for this episode. <laughs> hey, we got to one. <laughs> um, go us. Go you. Uh, I think you're totally right about the fact that, like, with both of these movies, you can see the script as it's being performed, and that's not a slam against the actors or even yeah. the directors. It's just... Yeah, or written, even the movie. It's just... These are written movies. They are, like... Yeah. You can really hear the hear the writing in them and i think that sometimes that works really well for me there's a line in squid and the whale where um frank who's the younger son is like asking if he can come along to something Mm -hmm. and jeff daniels says no you have tennis so you'll be doing that which is its own thing and that is so like written and so well performed (laughs) and like there's so much contained what he's saying is like no you have your own interests and like don't worry about this and there's just so much contained in that that he's like trying to be a good dad by saying like by being encouraging but it just sounds shitty Mm -hmm. and like i love that stuff there's a couple of things in hudsucker proxy too that are just like these lines that are just written i mean the coen brothers have that thing where they write a line within an inch of its life yeah kind of, <laughs> where and they're like almost sometimes crafted like you know old vaudeville jokes or something like that yeah you know what i mean and so they're really it's yeah when it works it works like yeah, yeah. oh the other thing about hudsucker and coen brothers movies in general the ancillary characters the casting for their yeah. films is always chef's kiss there is not a single person on set that is not perfect yeah. for what they're doing and that's always really fun to see yeah um especially when you have again we've said it eight times a script that is crafted within an inch of its life yeah. clear you have to do that it, it and you can see how it spreads out into the extras into the one-liners into like every single person on yeah. set is just it's great it's yeah. wonderful it's wonderful to see <laughs> didn't love the magical negro trope rearing nope. its ugly head sure didn't in hot sucker proxy and he that actor is great his name is bill cobbs bill cobbs i always remember him from that thing you do but he's in a ton of he's other in, movies yeah he's so good mostly as the magical negro yeah he's great in this um but it is a very, like, the only black person in the movie mm-hmm. is the black man who lives in the clock. There's there's one other. Oh. In the vet, because, <laughs> and I decided this watching this movie, I was like, I think what I'm going to do for every movie from now on is put a little square at the top and I'm going to label it BPC, black person count. <laughs> and it's him. And then there's one guy in the very beginning when he's looking at the jobs, there's one guy who has dark skin, might not be black, might be Latino or some other race, but is not a white person. Also, in the beginning, there's someone who comes and stands in front. So the, the opening scene of Hudsucker Proxy, he gets off the bus and he's staring at like a, uh, like a, it's like a stock market ticker flip thing, mm-hmm. but it's for jobs. Yeah. And they're and they're like funny. One of them is like goat herd. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, and they all require experience. Yes. And that's the thing is that he he's getting discouraged because they all require experience and he is fresh off the bus and whatever. Um, and it's so it's a group of people huddled around this window watching these jobs flip by and then one by one people leave. And there's someone who stands in front of him who I'm pretty sure is a woman. <laughs> Did you see her? No. Okay. I'm pretty sure it's a woman in a suit, which is like very funny. And and I was like, is that going to like pay off later? And then it doesn't. And I'm just like, That's weird. what is, is that just like a friend of theirs wanted to be in the movie or something? <laughs> but you know what I mean? I feel like that ties into the, the whole thing of like it being everyone on set being so crafted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like that's not something that necessarily everyone would spot. Right. And maybe I I'm wrong. Maybe didn't. it's just an effeminate man, but it looks like a woman in drag. Okay. And, and she's just like, 
Oh, interesting. And it's like I'm gonna so, go back now. It's so great. <laughs> but um It's great. But yeah, uh yeah, not a lot of black people in uh fucking New York City. Yeah. Uh in nineteen fifty eight or nine. In either one of these movies. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I don't think I hate to break it to you. There are people of color in New York City. There truly are. <laughs> Despite what friends tells you. Yeah. Um yeah, so yeah, not a lot of not a lot of representation. Nope. But that guy is great in Hudsucker. He's so he's like he is great. because because he is the magical negro character, but he's not playing into that with his performance. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, I think he's written that way like there's a lot of like Absolutely. I think that this is He literally stops time. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean the, the, in the in the way the way is his word, like the dialogue itself is very like, Oh boy. Yeah. But his performance is great. And yeah. He does literally stop time in a, a way that I think is, uh, how did you feel about that? Cause it's, the movie's very heightened and very arch. And so mm-hmm. it's like, to me, it's, it's not like a realistic movie where all of no. a sudden the, it's breaking the realism of it. Yeah. But the, in the climactic scene, an angel comes down and time is stopped. Yeah. To save Tim Robbins life. Well, I, it's funny you say that because it didn't, I didn't bat an eyelash yeah. because it's a Coen Brothers movie and they are, they are absurd to the point of musicality, which means that anything can happen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it, it totally works for me. It did not bother me at, at all. You said that and I was like, oh yeah, I guess that is weird that like. <laughs> <laughs> the time was stopped, but it's not, it doesn't take place in reality. So yeah. for example, no black people. No black people. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, very, yeah, very, they're both, both these movies written within an inch of their lives, as mm-hmm. we keep saying, mm-hmm. but also very different stylistically. Yeah. Like one is completely absurd and pastiche and the other one is trying to be real. Real life. Yeah. 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 Okay. So is Hudsucker available? It is available. You can purchase it, but it's not on any streaming services. Okay. All right. All right. Well. This oh, is um, enough. Oh, what were you going to say? I was going to say, uh, Hudsucker, the D, the disc, it, the D, 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 D. the disc itself, uh, doesn't look great. No, and but I, it didn't bother me in any way. Like, or did it bother you? Yeah. Like, oh, there's okay. a lot of like digital artifacting and it just it looks like garbage. Mm-hmm. And I, th- it's definitely a movie where it's like, oh, I want to see like all the miniatures of New York city and like, oh yeah. All the cool production design and all that stuff. It's like, oh, I would love to see that for real mm. if i ever watch the hudsucker proxy again <laughs> yeah this is another one that's tough for me because i feel like um i feel about the same way about both of them mm-hmm. i enjoyed watching them i don't know that i'll watch them again yeah um i also think that we could get rid of both of them. And <laughs> <laughs> how do that. you, how do you feel? <laughs> I feel like I like both of them. Fine. I don't feel strongly about either of them anymore. Okay. But we do have every Coen Brothers. Movie I know. I was like, is it going to come down to the, this thing of the, the collection again? <laughs> I think so. And also the squid and the whales available on Netflix and prime. Not hard to see. No. I mean, the whole point of this podcast is that those things are probably not going to be true forever and you right. hold on to your physical media, but then we're not. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I would say we would get rid of the squid and the whale. And plus there's a criterion edition of that. So maybe someday I'll buy that. <laughs> this is all just an excuse for me to buy more movies. Yeah, basically. Um, so I would say we get rid of the squid and the whale, keep the Hudsucker proxy, keep the Coen brothers collection together. <laughs> keep the boys together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm fine with that. I feel, I feel fine about that. Great. Hey, we didn't think about the election for like an hour. Whoa. There's That's an election cool. today. Yeah. Oh. Sorry. Brought us back to it. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. We should pick our, for next week. Now, how many, how many do we have now? <laughs> Because I don't know anymore. What am I telling Siri? You're telling Siri 1320 is the number. 1320s. Let's pick this next matchup. Hey, Siri. Uh Uh-huh? 
Pick a number between 1 and 1,320. A random number between 1 and 1,320 is 502. 502 is from 2015, Green Room. Oh, okay. All right, Green Room. I see you. I see you. Let's see what's going up against it. Hey, Siri. Hmm? Pick a number between 1 and 1,320. A random number between 1 and 1,320 is 562. From 2005. Hitch. <laughs> we own a hitch? We do. <laughs> and we're going to talk about it next week. <laughs> on DVD. <laughs> oh my God. I can't believe we own Hitch. All right. Uh, All right. Hitch and Green Room. Hitch and Green Room. That's a weird one. <laughs> interesting episode. It really, really will. Who wants this? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Does anyone? Uh, well, thank you for listening, especially if you got this far. We're DVD Deathmatch in all of the places. The the Twitters, the Instagrams, the Gmails, the uh, worldwide web. Um, get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. And, uh, uh, you know what? I was going to talk about the election again. I'm not going to do it. No, fuck it. We already talked about it. You know how we feel. Yeah. You get it. Hopefully this has been a little bit of a distraction from what is surely, uh, the end times on Thursday. Uh, yeah. Maybe not. Maybe not! I mean, uh, we we don't talk about it. We're not going to talk about it. (laughs) All right. Come back next week and see who survives DVD Deathmatch. One last mouth sound for the road. One last mouth sound for the road.